You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. going to try and not necessarily give out too much panic here. Uh, but we're going to be recapping Kentucky's blowout loss to Missouri. I'm going to try not to go in too hard. I'm going to try and take this uh, from a very steady and logical approach today because there is a lot, I think, to unpack, not just with this game, but with the team and the program moving forward. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Again, if you're on YouTube, would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the channel. We have surpassed 2,800 subs. Obviously, the goal now, 3,000. So really appreciate you guys listening to the show and subscribing and engaging. It has meant a ton. Really, really active on the Twitter uh, right now. If you want to go follow us there, at LockedOnUK. All right, guys. It happened. As we predicted, Kentucky basketball lost to the Missouri Tigers. Now, the thing is, some of you may be saying, yeah, it's not necessarily surprising that the Wildcats lost. I mean, we kind of saw this coming after the loss to UCLA. And to that, I say fair. But if you've been listening to this show, and I've kind of actually started the last few shows saying, if you've been listening to this show, we've kind of been refraining on one particular game. Since December 7th, I had been talking about this Missouri game as being a trap game, being an issue. And being a really bad matchup because I thought the Missouri Tigers were a cohesive unit that was playing really well on the offensive end. And from a matchup standpoint, they posed a lot of problems. And I said, if they get through this three-game stretch here before they play the Wildcats, UCF, Illinois, and Kansas, they get through that stretch two and one, then I think we've got an issue on our hands. And sure enough, Kentucky struggled. They scored six or excuse me, 53 points in their loss to the UCLA Bruins. On the 17th, they eked by Florida A&M and kind of took things away, took things away in that second half from the Rattlers after I think at one point only being up by nine against one of the worst teams in all of college basketball. And then they proceeded to go get their butts handed to them by Missouri. Now, I said that this was going to be a five-point loss in my preview episode yesterday. I definitely could have predicted uh, this getting out of hand. In fact, it's one of the first things I said. I said, Missouri feels like a team that has a tendency to either to to create things chaotically and to force things to get out of hand for one side or another. And we saw that in their lost, lone loss to Kansas this season. We got to see it several times against Illinois and now against the Wildcats where that offense was simply unstoppable. And that's kind of the first thing I want to get to here before I get to any of the negative stuff for Kentucky. Look, this Missouri team's just hot right now. And maybe that's not to their benefit whenever they come uh, to start playing in March. Definitely want to be peaking at the right time. I think if you're, if you're, especially if you're a team in the SEC, we know what that's like, especially considering what happened last year for the Wildcats. But right now, the, offensively, they're just firing on all cylinders. And they've got a coach that has inspired them, and they've got a coach that's doing his job really, really well in his first season in Dennis Gates. Not a lot of people can say that in their first season they're averaging almost 90 a game, and on top of that, they just went and beat uh, one of the most prestigious teams or programs, excuse me, in all of college basketball. 
So shout out to Missouri. Respect to Missouri. Respect to their fans showing up for this one. It was a great environment for them and a great win for them. And on top of that, I think their two stars that we talked about on yesterday's episode, Kobe Brown and Amoy Hodge, they were the team's uh, two leading scorers. If I'm not mistaken, it's Kobe Brown's third 30-point game in his career. He was 10 of 18 from the floor, 4 of 8 from 3. That was a player that we highlighted and said that Kentucky's got to be able to stop him. Not quite sure who they're going to put on him, considering Kobe Brown kind of plays that mix 4-5 spot. And as we all know, Kentucky has really struggled at the 4 spot, which is something I'm going to get to actually in just a second. But really, really impressive showing for Missouri. Props to them. Okay, now that we've gotten out of that, that out of the way, let's, let's, let's dive into the issues for the Wildcats here. First thing I want to talk about is rotation. So you notice with the starting lineup, it was Oscar Shibway at the 5, and then it was Lance Ware at the 4. John Calipari decided in all of his tinkering and lineup rotation, which apparently, according to him, is the problem with this team, he decided, you know what? I'm going to take my backup five, my six foot nine five, and put him at the four to start this game against a quick, small team that likes to get to the rim and play fast in transition. I am not a basketball coach, but I probably could have told you before this game that that was not a good idea. In fact, a lot of people said the same thing on social media, and sure enough, Look what happened. Kentucky got toasted. Now, they probably could have gotten toasted either way, regardless of how many minutes Lance Ware played. And to be honest with you, uh, I don't really think that <laughs> Kentucky had it. It would have had an answer had they decided to, I don't know, start Jacob Toppin in this one. But that's kind of the interesting note right out the gate. So, J- John Calipari, a uh, coach currently that does not appear to have an idea as to how to fix this team, which is fascinating considering his track record, has decided to bench uh, one of the preseason's most promising players and Jacob Toppin for a backup center who has not been particularly impressive up until this point in his career. Lance Ware should not be playing the four. He shouldn't be. The front court is going to have issues if that is the, if that is the situation. Of course, there's again, there's not really a whole lot you can do considering how poorly Jacob Toppins played. He had zero points in this game in 13 minutes, and he had three turnovers. So the four spot for the Wildcats right now is just really, really hurting. And uh, king of the two-point jumper, Keon Brooks, decided to take to Twitter with a little hand raise emoji yesterday. Just kind of remind everybody, yep, I was there. You know, I definitely contributed. I was making an effort. Oscar Sheepway went on to keep things on, on the subject of the front court here. He had a really good game. 6 of 8 from the floor, 11 of 17 from the foul line. Statistically, he had a really good game. Had 23 points. Like we predicted, we said Oscar was going to go off like he normally does. 19 rebounds, 23 points. That was to be expected. But it was a good game offensively and statistically, right? But it was not necessarily all put together there defensively. And so I, I want to stress this. Missouri is a good offensive team. They are right now a very good offensive team. John Calipari said it himself in his uh, press conference. Missouri could have beaten a lot of teams playing the way that they did the other night. But as of right now, I think a lot of the issues that stemmed out of that game are not necessarily, you know, what Missouri was doing, but rather what Kentucky was inflicting upon themselves. And I think a lot of the issues that they have defensively 
probably could be adjusted at least a little bit. I mean, Missouri was going to get theirs one way or another. I predicted them to score almost 80. But there's so many different things that, that Kentucky could do differently on the defensive end that I think could definitely help this team. I want to talk about that in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and transfer every professional and amateur league out there from football and basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all over here at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to either your, the, the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Hopefully, I'm taking a measured approach today. Because the last couple of episodes, I've been kind of ranting and raving as the episode's gone on, so I'm going to try not to do that today. <laughs> but it's really difficult to not feel a certain type of way after a blowout loss. But the thing is, guys, I had been, we had been expecting this. We had been talking about this for so long. So it's now that it's finally here, now that it finally happened, it's 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 I think it's pretty easy to evaluate what what's going on and where to go from here. I mentioned the defense and what Kentucky could be do, doing differently. I'm not sure, again, I'm not a basketball coach, not sure what Kentucky is trying to do from a chemistry and communication standpoint on the defensive end, especially when it comes to how Kentucky operates with their front court players. What did we talk about three weeks ago? when we talked about the Missouri Tigers. We were going to see a lot of slips to the basket in the half court, and we were going to see a lot of pace in transition every opportunity they could get getting to the rim. So Kentucky would have to get back, particularly Oscar Shebway and whoever Kentucky decided to play at the four. That was the de- defensive idea, right? And what have we talked about on yesterday's episode? What did we talk about quite a bit last season? It was when opponents bring Kentucky's front court players out to the perimeter, it causes problems on the defense end because Kentucky struggles to recover to get to the basket whenever pressure is applied there. And you saw in this game quite a few times because Missouri is smaller and they are quicker and they have a lot of different players that can handle the ball really well and pass so well, so clean. Beautiful offensive game plan from Missouri. You saw whenever Oscar Shebway and Jacob Toppin and Lance Ware had to be pull, pulled away from the basket. Things didn't <laughs> things didn't go so great. You saw even uh, Missouri center, technically, Kobe Brown, get in there, have a few assists as well. Had one really nice behind-the-back pass, if I'm not mistaken, no-look pass uh, for a really nice layup. And it's the, it's the theme, right? It's Kentucky on offense. It's kind of been like, oh, well, they can't shoot. But for me, guys, it's kind of been the defense. Like, where is that going inside? And I, I hinted at it gently whenever the season started. And I hinted at it a little bit last year. I'm like, guys, I don't think Oscar Sheway is that great of a, a defensive player. I just don't. But I said it in, in a gentle way so that I didn't get attacked. And now that we've kind of gotten some more information. I, I want to be the, I want to be clear. I think obviously there's a reason that he won national player of the year last season. Incredibly talented. Very, very physical. Love his emotion. Love his personality. 
love who he is as a person, love love what he preaches. But his defense has not been where it could be, I think. And it showed in this game. The opponent has their way with Shibwe on the defensive end. And I think, and we're, we will get to this in the final few minutes of the show, but I think that part of the issue here has to do with chemistry. And let's go ahead and get this out of the way now. Some of you out there think that the coaching is the problem. Some of you out there think that it's the players that are the problem. There were a lot of open shots in yesterday's game that were just simply missed. Plain and simple. Kentucky got a lot of open looks, especially from beyond the arc, and they just couldn't hit. By the way, quickly, what did we say about yesterday's game? Oscar Sheway was going to have him have his, but the mark of this game was going to be how well Kentucky's perimeter players shot the ball from outside the perimeter. They needed the three ball to go down. It did not go down at the rate that they wanted to. It didn't go down at a terrible clip. It was actually like right at 35%, I believe. But it was not where the Wildcats needed it to be. Guard play was not terrible, but it was not meeting the expectation or meeting where it needed to be for a win. But anyway, we're talking about chemistry here, and we're talking about whether or not it's the coaches or the players. And I've been pretty clear in my stance that I think if more than anything, it's on this coaching staff. But you can acknowledge the fact that the players are not playing as well as they could. Which I think is also a refrain on how this coaching staff is, is getting the most out of their, their players. But the, we, we can acknowledge, hey, the players aren't making their shots when the shots are there. The players are not making their shots when the shots are not there. And quite honestly, the shots are not there more often than they are. I think collectively, you have to point back to not just one man, but the staff. That's what I continue to go back to. It's the staff. It's not just one guy. It's everyone. And if there are some of you out there that think that this is this team is void of talent, which I disagree with, I can understand where some people are coming from relative to some Kentucky teams in the past, but I want to I want to point this out. If we're blaming the players here and we're just saying we're trying to be negative saying, "Yeah, that's it's on the players. They're the problem." Question then, who do you think recruited those players and who do you think is trying to develop those players? It's the coaches. So even the talent acquisition goes back to the coaches. We can't just sit here and say, oh, the players aren't good. Well, that's not on the coaches. That's not their fault. Yes, it is. They got those players. They brought them in. The players didn't just walk there. They didn't just say, oh, well, I like Kentucky, so I'm going. Never met the coaching staff or anything. It's not like they don't practice with them. It's the coaches. They're the ones that operate this thing. Per Hoops Insight on Twitter, I want to point this out. If we're going to dive a little bit deeper into talent, on this team. We talked, we've talked about Sphere Wheeler quite a bit recently about whether or not he's good or bad for the team. I've kind of sat on, on the fence on it. I've kind of hedged intentionally. <laughs> um, here's an interesting note for, from uh, our friend, Sean Vinzel at hoops inside on Twitter. Kentucky has played six games versus top 100 opponents this year with severe Wheeler in. They are scoring 102 points per 100 possessions. Not bad with Wheeler out. They're scoring 77 points per 100 possessions. Severe Wheeler is not the problem. In this game, he had eight assists. Really nice number there. Five of 12 from the floor. Two of three from three. He did foul out. 
Only had two turnovers to his eight assists, by the way. You know why? Because it's a smaller team that does not play phenomenal defense and is susceptible to things on the fast break. There you have it. Severe Wheeler had a good game. He is not the the main issue for this team. I think it has more to do with what's going on at the four, and I think it has more to do with the sense of direction overall for this team. The struggle to find an identity is very evident right now. I want to take a dive into that thought in just a second. Before I talk about that, though, here's a thought for you guys. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, as all of us normally do here as we go through college and as we grow up as adults. A few, you know, will become too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head, uh, head out, you think of calling for a ride. But, nah, you live pretty close by. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. And what are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what is the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Those are the risks that you take. And everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are right there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, you need to think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you again. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. If you have any sort of problem with anything that I've said so far today, if you want to Just have it out on Twitter. You know what? I'm more than willing to talk to you. All right. The struggle to find an identity, I think, is very clear right now. And again, I want to go back to, I think that that has to do with what's going on with the coaching staff. But some of you want to hang in on the players, so let's talk about the players for a second. Right now, this nine-man rotation, if you want to call it that, because Uganda and Yenzo is not going to get his minutes. This nine-man rotation, heck, maybe even eight. Because Duthiero got 17 minutes yesterday. Thankfully, I thought he had just disappeared. They're not getting it done right now. And I think some are starting to question whether or not this team is truly in it. And I'm not saying, do they like each other? But I think that question could be asked. I'm I'm just saying, I don't know if this team is collectively all... They're together. And you don't necessarily have to dislike somebody or dislike the group that you're in to not be there all the way mentally or to not be all the all the way there physically, to be committed to what you're doing. And so that's I think that's a question we have to now start asking. And this is something that Cal said at the beginning of the season, that there would need to be patience. And it's starting to make sense now. It's starting to make sense. He could not find a way to pull this team together that he recruited preseason. And now we're starting to see over a third of the way into the year that he simply cannot make it happen. And so that's the thing that we're dealing with right now. That's the thing that we're going to have to work through. And to be honest with you guys, if it has not, if, if nothing has changed 12 games into the year, I don't see what's going to change now. There's an article that Jack Pilgrim of KSR pulled it, put out uh, just, a, just a, I think, like 12 hours ago. 
John Calipari's early warning signs become reality for regressing Kentucky. There was a paragraph in there that I'd like to read to you guys. Sometimes a magic wand doesn't exist and a team simply is what it is. Playing for March is always the goal, building together as a unit in hopes of firing on all cylinders at year's end to make a run. Key words there, building together. Thing is, nothing about this group indicates it is building toward anything together as a unit. There's nothing cohesive about it. It's a collection of individuals thrown onto the floor, a glorified pickup team that coincidentally wears Kentucky across its chest. I don't think it could be worded much better. The lack of cohesion is startling because in the past, we've seen a lot of young Kentucky teams, right? We've seen a, we've seen a lot of teams that lack college experience. We pointed it out on the show before. I'm going to throw it out there again. Kentucky's in the top third nationally in Division One experience. 114th. Their average player has two and a half years, or excuse me, 2.5 or 2.5 years of experience. So, I think it's pretty evident. Kentucky's got some veterans on their team. Oscar Sheebway is a veteran. Jacob Toppin's a veteran. Severe Wheeler is as well. Antonio Reeves is a senior. C.J. Frederick was supposed to be something this year, and uh, he's a senior as well. By the way, congrats to him for getting engaged. That was really awesome to see. Something I want to point out here, guys, as we continue through that. These are just people. These are all people. More importantly, they're college kids. So you need to be able to have a little mercy on them when you come to talk about them individually, which is something I, I, I try and do. You separate the performance from the person. And so you, you definitely support and, and appreciate the person for who they are. But also, I think it's fair to criticize collectively this unit just isn't getting it done. C.J. Frederick, if I'm not mistaken, suffered an injury uh, yesterday against the Missouri Tigers. Antonio Reeves isn't getting it done off the bench. Jacob Toppin, now that he's been benched, isn't getting it done. Lance Ware isn't getting it done. Getting it done. Chris Livingston's been good in the minutes that he's been allotted, but this game he was one of five from the floor and 0-1 from three. Got two turnovers. So right now, there's got to be something done. Guys, there's got to be something done. We can't just sit here and be like, okay, well, the players are bad, grr. Oh, well, the coaches are bad, grr. No, we, we have to do one of two things. We either have to just accept the fact that this is where the team is at, and see them potentially, uh, what are the goals now? I don't know. What, what are the goals? What is, what is this team trying to accomplish? A double buy in the SEC tournament? Making March Madness? Making the NCAA tournament? Getting a decent seed? Is that the goal? Because right now, I think it's all pretty clear. That's a struggle. And you may say, oh, Lance, how could you say that? Kentucky not making the tournament. Well, we saw it happen two seasons ago, didn't we? Every single team that Kentucky has played that has been worth a rip that could be making the NCAA tournament outside of Michigan, who even then you have to question, okay, what's going to happen there at 7-4 and four on the year? Kentucky lost to Michigan State. They lost to Gonzaga. They lost to UCLA. And now they've lost to Missouri. They're going to beat Louisville this weekend. They're going to destroy Louisville this weekend. That does not change the fact that things are not going well right now. Something has to change. Great song by the Japanese house, by the way. And again, uh, the final thing I'll say, I said this on yesterday's show, for those of you that also want to say this team just can't shoot, well, sure they can't hit their free throws. 
But overall, statistically, they've been shooting well. But here's the kicker. It's not that they can't shoot well, guys. It's more specific than that. It's that they can't shoot well against any team worth a rip. Any team. They're 14th nationally in three-point percentage right now. They're hitting almost 40% of their outside shots. But most of that has come against competition that's not relevant to what Kentucky wants to do in terms of looking forward, building the resume, getting to the postseason. John Calipari's not getting it done. The players aren't getting it done. Something's got to change, and I don't know if it will. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.